Darrell Young is a uh, football player that could hit you so hard he could knock you into tomorrow. That's how strong he is. This is Paul Lewis Cole. This is Brave Men. And with me is uh, Chris Shields, our producer. And and I, I've really enjoyed getting to know uh, Darrell. Yes. Uh, he works with the NFL office now, which makes the world safer for anybody who's running or uh, trying to grab runners because yeah. he was an amazing uh, fullback yes. with Washington Redskins. Before that, he was a linebacker, came out of Villanova. Yes. This guy's 5'11", 245 pounds of solid muscle. I'm telling you, man, this guy, <laughs> and he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever oh meet. Oh, my gosh, so nice. He's amazing. Right? He yeah. is amazing, literally. Yeah. Yeah, hey, he, um, it blows my mind, like the fact that on November 3rd, 2013, he recorded three touchdowns in a game. In one game. In one game. Really? Against the Chargers. Against the Chargers. San Diego. San yeah, Diego. shout out to San Diego. Okay. Shout out um, to <laughs> shout out to Robert Berger, who's a who's part of our Christian Men's Network executive team. And and he is a Charger fan to the point of down there in Lima, Peru. Oh my gosh. He's always got a way to watch the Chargers games. Wow. Even though they're not in San Diego. So he might remember this game then. Oh, I'm sure he does. So the game winner happened to be Darrell. Scoring a touchdown in overtime. In overtime. Wow. Final score thirty to twenty-four. God, this guy. So I mean, this man is not just a nice guy. He's a clutch guy. He's yeah. a winner. Yeah. You know, he's a yeah. champion. He yeah. is someone that we can learn from. We can emulate. We can grow stronger and get better. And he could probably teach us some things in the weight room. You know, uh, we talked in the second part of our our uh, time together. He and I talked about character. Was it take to get ahead? Because he he went undrafted out of Villanova as a linebacker. Yeah, came in, got cut, and then Mike Shanahan. This shows you the brilliance of that man as a coach. Brought him back, but converted him from, to, from linebacker to fullback. Wow! Which in American football, I know a lot of uh, friends be listening in other countries. In American football, that's the man who clears the way mostly. Yes. <laughs> And I mean, we're talking about a man, 5'11", 245 pounds, running at you full speed, desiring to knock you on the ground. Yes. But it also speaks to his ability to, you know, change. Because mm. it's like, it's not easy to go from linebacker to fullback. It's totally no, different no, totally size of the ball. Yeah. You know, totally different um, playbooks. So many different things go to that change. But it also yeah. speaks to Mike Shanahan seeing the potential yeah. in him to say, hey, you know, you are going this way, but let me take what you have in you and put you here, you hey, know? Yeah, Brave Men is a uh, ministry outreach of the Christian Men's Network. You can find all of our materials at cmn.men. And I think if you could, uh, Chris, about halfway through the, the interview, yeah, uh, you can jump in, tell people where to find the materials and so forth and about what we're doing. But Darrell, you know, that whole shift from being linebacker to fullback, uh, not only speaks to his, uh, his acumen, his ability to, to gather things and to think uh, his, his football, was it what they call it? football IQ? Yes. Not only speaks to that, but also speaks to his uh, willingness to do yes. that, right? What you were just saying. Exactly. The character. Yeah. So I'm excited to be able to have uh, Darrell here today on uh, Brave Men Podcast. And I want to go right in. I asked him some stuff. I said, hey, I want to talk about just football. We'll talk about character and all those things, and all those are important. But I want to talk about football. Uh, I want you to meet Darrell Young right now. I'm talking with Darrell Young and talking, let's talk football, man. Let's talk uh, carrying the rock. 
that whole thing. As a fullback, uh, who was the toughest guy you ever had to block? When you went into a game and you looked across and you go, oh, man. I'm going to – and because you're trying to block the hole and then go up to the second level, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you're looking at some guy and you're thinking, man, this guy, this guy is going to be so tough. Who, who, would, who would that be? So it was interesting. It was a few of them. Pay homage to everyone because everyone I tried yeah, to – Everybody. Well, if you made it in the NFL. Was, they were unique in their own way. But Cam Chancellor, we were playing the Seahawks the weekend after uh, – well, Thanksgiving weekend – November 27, 2011. Don't ask me why I remember this day. But wow. we were on the goal line. We called 17 power. <laughs> and I just remember uh, looking back, back at Roy Hulu and I said, wow, we're going to run at the camp chancellor side this week? All right, <laughs> let's do it. So, you know, you see on film, you see the guy not laying people out. Um, you know, but he's a really good guy. And, you know, speaking to him before the game, he's like just this genuine dude. So I'm like, oh. this guy can't be that bad. Yeah, so think about the modern day Sean Taylor at 6'3", 230 pounds at safety on the goal line. I ran in to hit him on the power. We both hit each other. We take a step back. Roy Hulu runs past us. And it was one of those that you just tap each other on the head and said, wow, good stuff, buddy. <laughs> like that day, that day I, I knew what a grown man was. <laughs> it was my, uh, first year starting at fullback, and you know it, it was uh, it, it was a welcome to the NFL moment. <laughs> my goodness, man! Yeah, well, that guy, you know, obviously uh, one of the greatest players at that position. And so, uh, you know, you caught your first pass, not from uh, you, you had starting quarterbacks. You, you played with Rex Grossman, RG three. Right, I think your last year, Kirk Cousins, John Beck, Kirk Cousins, Colt McCoy, uh, Jason Campbell, all those guys. There are some Texas boys in there. Hey, but but you caught your first touchdown pass from Donovan McNabb, and I remember looking that up, going, "What?" Yeah, yeah, Donovan was. Uh, it was the first year he left Philly. We played. It was my mom's birthday. It was Monday hmm. Night Football, November fifteenth, twenty ten, and uh, we were down thirty five to nothing. And Mike Sellers. We threw a bomb play. We threw a bomb pass, and, you know, Fred Davis got down to the three-yard line. Mike Sellers gets poked in his eye, and they're like, you're up. And I'm like, what? Me? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I remember coming in the huddle. Donovan McNabb walks in. He says, hey, I'm coming to you. And I was like, all right, whatever, whatever that means. He says, I write, fig 19, we keep right, fullback slide. And I said, that's going to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I ran my track and I look and I'm like, wow, the guy, Asante Samuel fell. And I said, this is it. He throws the ball. And I'm like, then he threw a bad ball. And I was like, oh, I can't drop this. So zoned in on it, caught the ball. And, uh, you know, it was my first active season. And like I said, it was my mom's birthday. My brother yeah. was overseas in Afghanistan. So it was, uh, I have that game ball still up in our living room. But no, you couldn't drop it, man. There's, Oh, no. I would have never heard the end of that. Wide open drop, first time on offense. Like, there, there was no coming back from that. Because you had, as we talked about, you're, you were a linebacker. And so then they move you to fullback. So now let me ask you, tell me that again. Tell me that play again. Because this is what, as, as we watch this, you know, and I'm a, I'm a football fan. I mean, I can go to peewee games and not even know the kids and still enjoy myself, you know. I just love the action of it. I love the strategy as you get older, yeah. uh, but NFL, man, tell me that play again. Yeah, so we knew that they would be in a 6-2 goal line package. They were the type of team that liked man coverage down within the red zone. So we knew that they would blitz inside pressure when we go to I-right formation. So we brought the Z down, I-right close to make sure that he cut off the backside and, and made Asante come in closer. So when I came back, 
I had it should have an edge on him because the play was going away and then coming back. So it was I right, fake 19, we keep right, fullback slide. And he says it that fast in the huddle. Oh, it's just, hey, I write fake 19 week fullback slide. I don't worry. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> you got to know this stuff, man. Oh, words trigger pictures. And, you know, they didn't say anything to anyone or what to do. So it's a concept. And that's what's made, you know, honestly, Kyle Shanahan and the Shanahan system so effective because everyone understands what the next guy, the guy next to him is doing, which makes me know that from a spacing concept, everything comes out to a triangle, five points or three to a side, which would be strong. So you understand that, you know, being in their system. That's fantastic. Now, so your coach was Mike Shanahan at that point. Yep, Mike Shanahan. Yes, sir. And his son's done pretty good. Uh, he's done amazing. He was the coordinator that actually called him the plays. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. He was coordinator then. Yep. And then, and uh, so, tell me about being in meeting rooms. You know, this is a thing that that we don't ever get to be a part of. The, the closest that we as a fans ever got was when uh, John Gruden was doing that uh, show that he did, kind of like in the room with the quarterback. Thing. Yeah, training camp. Yep, the QB, yeah. uh, QB grinders or whatever he called it. Yeah, but yeah, when he was uh, assessing the QBs and where they were coming out. Yeah. Draft. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what's that like in the meeting room then? I mean, you get in there, it's it's serious. Yeah, there's a few sides to it. There's, you know, when you lose, when you win, when you're preparing. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, we'll start with the bad, but when you're losing, you know, you pay attention to, you know, all of the little things that, you know, really hone in on why you lost the game. So you kind of break down each play, but it's really whatever you see, you know, this week that worked against you, you're going to see it next week. So how do you respond yeah. to that? So we always say that, you know, high school is the next day. College is halftime. The pros is the next play. So if you don't correct it within that next play, they're coming back after you. But wow. you know, the good side of it is when that bad is bad and you win the game, it's not as bad. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but then the, if you, the in other words, if you, if you block the wrong guy, Oh, you, then your next play, the next play, the guy takes off and you, you caught one of the guys who was trying to blitz or something. Yeah, absolutely. Then you the don't good, have to think about that previous play. Yeah. The good thing is that, you know, the professionals know. So I knew on Sundays when my technique wasn't right. I knew when I missed a block or I didn't block the right guy one from the pitches on the sideline, but you know the pros in the game because they're like, ah, man, you made a three call. Like, you made a four call. Like, I should be backside on that linebacker. You know those things once it happens. So, you know, it's really just being a student in the game, and that's the thing that goes on in there. Everything sounds great in the air conditioning and what we say. So I can install a whole offense, but as soon as you get some moving pieces on defense and they're showing one side but blitzing from the other, then, you know, you start to get into a – you know, just being a student of the game again and understanding the rules and techniques. You know, if there's three to this side, the running back has to pink to go to that side. Or if not, you know, yeah. there's only three. You have three for three, so you don't have to go backside. Or, you know, Shanahan was ahead of the game in terms of he didn't want the running backs to go side to side to get in the way of the quarterback. So what he would do is have the halfback wrap to the backside A-gap. But that puts you in bad situations sometimes, but it was the concept because you got a guy like Javon Kirst looping into the A-gap. I'm sitting in the A-gap, eyes big. I'm going to either cut him or I just got to be – I got to man up for a moment <laughs> and just, you know, put my face in there and, uh, you know, do what's best for the team at the moment. So, you know, it, it's three different phases to it. And, you know, but but it, it's fun. It's something that you well, never, never really go through. Well, it's like J.J. Watts said the other day. He said, you know, we're really privileged. We're playing a game. Yep. You know, there's yep. people fighting for their lives. We're playing a game and we're getting paid well. 
Absolutely. So, uh, but you've got to know your stuff. You've got to do a lot of study. This is not in a sense that you're playing a game, but you're at such a level that you're looking at every single little nuance. Hey, let me ask you something. Who hit you uh, when you got up? Who you were running with the ball? Because this amazes me. I, I think if I ever ran with a football just one time and got hit, yeah, I'd be like chicken noodle soup for two weeks. <laughs> I'm telling my wife, you know, but you got hit all the time. Uh, yeah. Who hit you the hardest? I would say uh, we were playing on Monday night football. We were playing the Giants. We called fullback screen left. I knew that Pierre Paul would come upfield. We studied it for the last two weeks. Fake him out, turn inside, catch the screen. I had nothing but green daylight. So I'm running. But from what I remember from the week, this is where common sense should have override the rule, overrode the rule. Yeah. They told me to never – the screens don't go outside the numbers. If I would have stayed outside the numbers, I would have had a probably 60-yard touchdown. But I knew Prince Mukamura was behind me, but I knew Trent Williams was responsible for kicking him out. Trent pancaked him the next day when I looked on film. If I would have stayed outside, I probably would have scored. But I decided to go inside to follow the rule of what was taught to me from day one. So yeah. staying on the sidewalk is what they call it, inside the numbers. Jonathan Casillas was a linebacker. You know, he bounced around for a little bit. He clocked my bell. Like, I made one guy miss, and then I just <laughs> – And I just got up, and, you know, you see the little fuzzies, and you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> this, this is uh, good. But I couldn't show that emotion there. I had to be excited about it, even though I felt it. I went to the sideline, and I said, damn, that was a good one. <laughs> well, that's that, – now, that is something that we see now that they've got so many different cameras. Yep. We didn't see that years ago, but now we see the guy on the sideline turn to a friend and go, Man, that guy. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those where you have to you uh you question yourself a little bit. Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the right profession? <laughs> Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. So tell me the difference between a Jay Gruden and a Mike Shanahan. Because you know, so often we talk about good players make good coaches. Absolutely. But it seems to me, Darrell, that there are times where coaches come in. And it actually changes the team. And yeah. so coaches have a lot to do with it. Tell me the difference between a Jay Gruden and a Mike Shanahan. I think experience. You know, that was Jay's first time running an organization. That's right. So, you know, you come in, you come into a situation where the history says that there's a lot of dysfunction. So you're coming in and, you know, Jay had his own philosophy, but he still had all of us Shanahan players. So, he had a chance, you know, six years on the dance night. It was the longest tenure of any coach, but I think he built some good things there. He took some steps, but, you know, Jay was just, uh, I'm not going to say inexperienced. He was just younger than Shanahan yeah. was. Shanahan had that offensive coordinator position where he came off a Super Bowl run with, with the yeah. 49ers in 94, got the job in 95 with the Broncos, won back to back in 97, 98. And people don't remember, he got fired at eight and eight in a week. So it wasn't like he was losing, you know, they were coming off thousand yard backs each year. Uh, they had Clint Portis, they had undrafted guys and Selvin Young, Howard Griffin, yeah. uh, Spencer Larson was a linebacker who moved to fullback who played for four years in that system. So the system was proven and Jay was in a, in a situation where he was still trying to get proven. You know, Andy yeah. Dalton drafted him young. Uh, we had a lot of dysfunction at quarterback in terms of, okay, what's the system for RG3? What's the system for Kirk? What's the system for Colt? Who works best for me? So, it was just uh, a lot of finding pieces in the beginning. And then, you know, it was a lot of things probably behind the scenes yeah. for management. You know. To the average fan then, what's the difference? You've got an RG3 who particularly his first couple of years, you know, could, could move uh, quickly. And you've got a Kirk Cousins who's known as a drop back. Yeah. 
a passer, even though he's a very athletic guy. And then you got a Colt McCoy who came out of a, Texas. a little different system in Texas. Yep. You know, so would you guys have to come up with different plays? Would you run different things as the quarterback changed? Or, or would you just – would the quarterback have to kind of fit into what the system was? So the unique thing about Kyle Shanahan was his system was tailored to making sure that he catered to what the quarterback needed. Mm. So that's what makes him great now. And you look at them running the ball today. Yeah. Also, what you say – People can say that it's a passing league. It is. But when you run the ball, think about Tony Romo in 2014 with DeMarco Murray and what he was able to do. Uh, RG3 in 2012, Alfred had 1,613 yards that year. Uh, RG3 had 900 yards. So we ran the ball effectively, which opened up the back end because you need to put eight or nine in the box now to stop us. But that's opened up guys like Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson. Though That's when we were able to be our best. And... Uh, I think, you know, like I said, Kyle did a great job of catering to what Robert was great at, but he was able to use that same system and cater to what Kirk was great in. So we still did the rollouts. We did zone reads. You see, people didn't think we were doing it, but in 2012, the game RG3 got hurt. We played the Ravens. The two-point conversion, I'll never forget, was double right uh, QB draw. We all looked like, what are you doing? He has the opportunity to change it to a pass. And it's like, why are we doing that? was wide open because they never expected it. And that was the brains behind Kyle. Like, we're going to hit him where they never expected it. They don't have any film on Kirk outside of college. So, you know, it just catered well, even, to us. Even you as players, sometimes the, the play calls or, or what they would come up with would be like, oh, wow, this is different. Oh, absolutely. Kyle's mindset, even Jay's mindset, and Sean McVay now, like – some of the things that they do, a team might have ran it one way. We're going to flip the formation and run it and call it the same thing that the team called it. And that's the interesting thing. So, you know, he, but the, the great thing about Kyle and the Shanahan system and even Jay, stop me. That was the philosophy. I'm going to run what I run. Stop me. We're going to do keepers. We're going to do inside zone. We're going to do outside zone. We're not going to change it. We're just going to say, let's line up mano we mano and see who's going to be the best. And if we win the line of scrimmage, we'll have a day, a field day. It's Brave Man with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm talking with uh, Darrell Young, and Darrell is the uh, manager of engagement and player relations for the National Football League. And uh, Darrell, it's good to talk to you today, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I, we appreciate what you do. And, and it's been a, we're talking right in the middle right now of COVID season and all that stuff been a wild time to try to figure out things for the NFL, hasn't it? You know what? It, it has, but uh, it's another 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 uh, verb that we use in the, in football or another phrase. It's, it's just sudden change. That's it. <laughs> sudden change. So what are you going to do to pivot, navigate, and try to be successful? Well, that that's a great lead into the first thing I want to I want to talk to you about. And it's September 2009. September 2009, you came out of Villanova. You're undrafted. You make a team, the Washington Redskins. You're on this thing. Things are going along. September, it changes. You get cut. And you get in your car and you drive to Fort Bragg. Yep. 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 Tell me about that. You went to see your brother. Tell me about that. That's an amazing <laughs> reaction for a young man to do. Yeah, you know what? I was uh, three weeks in on the practice squad. Um, they, they, they released me. And I said – I. I've never been cut in my life. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react to this. This is the first time I've been challenged in something that I felt like I was decent at. 
Um, so it was really the first time that I just had to step back and say, okay, what do I want to get out of this? What are my goals? Mm-hmm. And down to see my brother at Fort Bragg and he, uh, he spoke to me and said, you know what? Your assignment is bigger than what's, what's, what's behind you already. And I said, wow, what a quote. So I went back and started training. I actually worked the finish line for a few months. And when the Redskins signed me back, uh, I, w- I was back, I was behind in some bills and I had $42 in my account. I parked my car for six, uh, for three weeks until I got my first paycheck. I took the shuttle every day that the hotel offered and uh, literally, you know, called Mike Shannon, well, told Mike Shanahan, I walked in his office and said, uh, when he moved me to fullback that uh, I'm not going home. It's not an option this time. You know, this is, this is a place where I want to be. I've worked my whole entire life to get this experience on the field. And now I have this opportunity. I'm going to do everything that I can to stay here. And we all say it, but I meant it. And, you know, I was starting full back from, from there on out. (laughs) Now your brother, uh, your brother served in Afghanistan. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Is he, uh, is he still in the military? So he just retired. He actually just hit his one year anniversary uh, this past week. So he is retired now and working as a director of nutrition in the hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. Fantastic. But boy, you know, it's amazing because he had a word for you. And I, I know you're, you're close to your dad. Uh, you've got a lot of friends coming out of Villanova. Uh, you've still got probably friends from Amityville where you grew up there on Long Island. <laughs> and yet, yeah, at that crunch time, you needed somebody you were close to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think and that's, I think that really speaks of what we talk a lot about, uh, Darrell, which is brotherhood. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And, and I think that, uh, you know, what I watch, you know, cause here, here, this is another thing. Uh, I talked about it with a friend of mine, Otto Kelly this morning, we were talking about finishing your assignment. Yes, sir. And that's the thing you learned to do, uh, under a coach like uh, coach Shanahan. But you were you came out of high school, had a great career, go to Villanova. You're a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You're in your eyes. You're the next Singletary. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. we all think of this. I would though, like right? that. I would like that until you get to the uh, the Vernon Davis ad libs that are out there. <laughs> okay. Can't win with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that. And then, uh, then you, you get, you get cut or, or, you know, uh, like a friend of mine said, he said, well, I, I lost my job. <laughs> you know, so, and, uh, then, uh, through your brother's word, you end up going, getting re-signed, but he calls you in and says, uh, you know, I know you came here as a linebacker, but you're now a fullback. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you said, this is incredible, man. Where does this come from? You said, I'm not going home, so I'm going to be the the, the fullback. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it it to answer the question, it it comes back from just my foundation. You know, I watched my dad, the the values that he instilled in my brother and I as young men growing up in America, whether it be a young black man or whether just being able to take care of your family. Uh, the things that he taught us was, you know, continue to work hard. People can't question when you have a job. So when you're able to provide for your family, you do everything in which it takes ethically you know, the right way, an ethical behavior, in an ethical manner to, uh, you know, to adhere to those rules, but do it in the way that you represent your last name, your foundation, your family, and where you want to go. So um, I watched my dad clean banks growing up. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal in the sense of what I wanted to do, but I also learned the values out of that, the transferable skills, the things that I didn't want to do. And uh, watching him do that, he said, I'm doing this to take care of you. 
So they worked two jobs with the night job was to take me uh, to do the bank. And I said, I'm going to do everything I can to give back to something that you may not look at and say is success, but it's success in the sense of you, you took us out of where you didn't want us to be at. So um, I, I, like I said, the values that he instilled in me, uh, that this starts from a foundation. My mom and dad, they've been married for 40 plus years now. And all I know is love. So what I'm going to do is, you know, pass that on to my family and uh, my daughter now. So. Well, live that legacy. And where did dad grow up? So he's from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So he used oh, okay. to grow up eating red clay. <laughs> yeah. So you got a little bit of Southern, a little bit of New York in you both. Yes, sir. Right. And, uh, and grew up in Long Island. So that, I mean, really, when you speak of your father inputting values into you, I know this is something you and I have talked about before and something you're very concerned about and the NFL is concerned about is uh, the young, so many young men that are dad deprived in our culture today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. And, and you guys are really going after that uh, strongly. You started hashtag NFL dad, which I think is a fantastic hashtag. And I've watched that on Instagram and seen some of the guys who, who put their stuff on there. It's incredible because that's really we're providing a peer, if you will, uh, environment for guys to, to stick. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, th I think, you know, you, we, the perception that's out there around players is, you know, what you hear from the media, whether it be negative or positive players have kids in different cities. Well, there are actually some really good fathers in the NFL who uh, may not have had a father in their lives. And I think about, you know, some of the stories that are out there, but then I look at the guys like a Tory Smith, who's, you know, giving back to his kids, the McCourty brothers, uh, Usama Young is a former player working in the office. You know, he lost his dad and all the things that he he, he learned from his dad he's doing now in, 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 in his day-to-day -day life and uh, in the building in terms of the initiative and the approach. So right now, um, some of the stories that are out there, like I said, is guys that, you know, grew up in families without, uh, grew up in homes without dads. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the, we want to humanize players, the fans. And, um, you know, just tell a positive story because there's so many positive stories out there. That yeah, there are. I think of uh, Demario Davis. Yep. Yes, sir. You know, and then here's Demario. Now, speaking of linebacker, there we go. Connect to your old. <laughs> I mean, would you still rather have been a linebacker, or did you? I mean, you enjoyed playing either way, right? Yeah. You know what? I, I would have enjoyed being a linebacker more probably because I didn't have to come off the field. But, uh, you know, I wasn't good enough. I was short and fat, and they put me at fullback. So just go run into people. But uh, Go run into people. Yeah, but you were good at it. You, you were a starter for the Washington Redskins, man. There's not too many people that have <laughs> ever done that in, you know, in North America, coming out of, you know, peewee football and, and uh, all the stuff you do. Yes, to get to that level you're, where you're actually a starter to the NFL is an extremely rare thing. So congratulations on that. And you did it for a number of years. Thank you. But I think of DeMario and, uh, and him coming out of the middle of Mississippi and, and now starting youth programs. And these are not things that, um, you know, are basically in the front of the news. What's in the front of the news? I'll tell you what's in the front of my news all the time is what somebody's making on their contract. Mm -hmm. yes, right? Yes, or how, how this guy messed up or how this coach <laughs> maybe has his act together or doesn't have his act together. And it depends on – the time of the season, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there's some amazing stories like his stories that, that we just don't see. Yep, and that, that's what we have to do a better job of is highlighting that to, to show that, you know, players are, are role models. And to be honest, we're our kids' first role models. So <laughs> we want to pass the legacies down, but also 
do it in a way where we're engaged at and we're intentional um, and we're just serving. Tell me what, what's, you got a five-year-old daughter. Uh, tell me what's, you know, as you see her go to school and she's starting to grow up and starting to actually look at her dad as this hero. What did you learn from your dad that you are like, man, I definitely want to make sure I imprint this on my daughter's heart. You know what, just the, the work ethic aspect, you know, mm. regardless of man or female, um, it, it's just really being who you are and being comfortable who you are, where you are, taking advantage of the present, preparing for the future, but understanding that uh, we all have we all have goals and the way to accomplish those is to work towards that goal. So set short term and long term, but I think uh, just loving her. You know, my parent, like I said, I go back to the comment I made before, all I understand is love. So the way I've been told for some mentors is love is spelled T-I-M-E. So oh, man. you're being engaged dad, but you spend time and you be intentional about the approach of being a dad and listening, listening to understand and not listening to respond. And that's one of the things I've learned with a little girl now. And, uh, you know, with my nephew, I can, I can be rough. I can, I can not say what I want to him, but be a little tough on him. Whereas a, a, a lady, a young lady, young black lady, I want to hear what she has to say and not correct her, but understand, okay, this is how you make that point, but you have to support this, not APA format, but I want you to be able to explain why you feel a certain way if asked. So Yeah, that's fantastic. You're giving your uh, foundation. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. foundation to be successful in life. You're a good dad, Darrell. Hey, this is Chris. I want to take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to let you know the Brave Man podcast is a production of the Christian Men's Network worldwide. Christian Men's Network has helped pastors and leaders disciple men for over 40 years. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. There's a fresh new study every week called Power of Potential that just started. Monday Night Men is a new resource for men and pastors. As a pastor, you can follow up the 30-minute study with a digital meetup with your men for prayer, discussion, and teaching. Some churches are using the videos as part of a group meeting. As an individual, enlarge, energize, and build a strong mindset. This 13-week study will be on YouTube and Facebook. Get your books and materials at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Stop what you're doing, take your phone, tablet, or computer, and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Unless you think you will lose the podcast. In that case, make yourself a note. That's the Christian Men's Network or Paul Lewis Cole. Now, let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and Darrell Young. Let me ask you something. You know, there, there's a, uh, you know, because of the contracts, the short term that guys are in the NFL on average, Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, we talk about all this money, but an awful lot of guys come out of the NFL and don't have anything left. Mm -hmm. How are you guys? I know this is a, a huge thing with, uh, you know, Troy Vincent and, and all of you at the NFL office, particularly on your player engagement side. How do you go after that? How are you working on that? Um, say that part again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing about they come out of, um, you know, so a young man comes out of, of football mm -hmm. and all he's known is football he's mm -hmm. made enough money to sort of be okay but if a few years later we find on average the young man is not doing well financially yep. maybe not doing well in his life mm -hmm. and it seems to be uh perhaps uh, tragically a majority of young men how do we change that how are you guys shifting that 
Yeah, so that, 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 that's what I thought. I wanted to make sure I understood it. So it's really just having a system in place. And when I say a system, it's really providing programs, resources, and initiatives that allow players to understand, one, who they need to go to, two, what's available, and three, how they, they act on those perks and benefits that are available to them. So per CBA, there's some language in there and stipulations around what former players have access to. The NFLPA does a great job. I'm currently getting my master's at Georgetown University. Wow, so that's the NFL Players Association. Yes, sir. So working hand in hand with them, with the resources, we filter guys that we have relationships that come to us to them and vice versa, because we offer different things. But at the end of the day, it's about serving. Um, but to, to minimize that, ESPN put the percentage out there that there's 80 percent. So that's the number. Now it's lower, but that's what they put out. So that's the perception. But uh, really just engaging with guys. Uh, the, the first thing that, you know, when you go through transition, you think you're alone. You're not alone, but you also have to have people in place. So we have what we call transition coaches that are in regions. And we have legends coordinators and directors who are with the legends community, with the NFL, who sole so responsibility is to build a community of brotherhood to say, you know what, regardless if you play one, one year or you played 20 years, you've contributed to the impact of today's game. And we want to highlight the fact of what you did, but celebrate that, um, assess where we are, and then equip for the future. There's so many guys doing things in business. Uh, we talk about peer-to-peer engagement. If you did it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more susceptible to listen to it as you're saying it, because you're a guy that went through it and you feel what I feel. And you know, I feel alone. Uh, there's places in my life where I felt like I couldn't vent to anyone because of, uh, you know, maybe an immediate household that didn't feel what I felt because right. I don't know if anyone's ever lost something that I've been doing for so long that no one ever told me that it was over. So here I am, on, you know, cloud nine one day and the next day I'm in this uncertainty space. Do I continue to train? Do I go back? So there's a lot of things that we're doing that's still not enough because the number is higher than one. You know, one is yeah, two minutes. here you so. go. Wow. That's really good. And I've got, I've got friends of mine who did go through that and friends, a friend of mine, J.D. Hill, and JD played. This this goes way back. Uh, this he, he played with uh, Kelly up there in Buffalo, wide receiver, and he was uh, all everything down there in Arizona. Yes, sir. And JD's a, a great friend. But what happened to him, man? He hit bottom, and he Al Adels and a couple other guys came and pulled him out of a, a drug house in the middle of Phoenix. And uh, it's and the beauty of where what you're doing now, it seems to me, Darrell, is that people saw that, mm-hmm. and now album uh, I say Adels is album battles, sorry, and uh, Adels is the basketball guy. So uh, what happens now is you've actually built an infrastructure. The NFL has actually begun to build something that that touches and helps guys, rather than just you know it's like hey you're on the street see ya. Absolutely. Absolutely. There has to be a system in place for it, you know, and like you said, the business part of it is you're not responsible, you know, under contract, you're not on the contract with that club anymore, but that's when the league office and the NFL PA can come in to work together to figure out the best plan for guys leaving the game. So on the NFL side, I can speak to that. Uh, We do a transition, a career transition program. So it was formerly known as the Brace of Success. Now we've just had a, a name change. It will be called Life Beyond the Game, where we bring players in along with their significant others to talk about, uh, to celebrate the past, to assess where they are today, equip them for the future. And then we do a career fair on the last day where we bring in Fortune 500 companies to interview players. And uh, we've had players leave out of there with jobs at Amazon, Stryker, um, PI, WWE. So these are the stories that we want to tell because there's so many guys doing things. 
uh, great things, but players don't know about it. So how do we engage with today's athlete, today's millennials, to literally put a pan and plan in place that one, we can strategically get them to buy into the program that we're doing, but also something tangible that they could take away and say, I learned this. I may not be interested in the striker, but I know what I don't want to do. That's yeah. the goal. Then we come with a career plan. So we partner with Ascending Athletes, who's a group that uh, has been around for 20 plus years doing career services for us and putting resumes together and job shadows and internships. And you're starting to see the NFL do more of that uh, in the internship and job shadow piece because – Man, one thing we tell current players is, you know, you have a brand right now. Not that your brand goes away when you're done playing, but it's not as strong as it is when you're on that field representing the shield. So utilize it, build as many connections as you can, and reply to people. That's that's the easiest thing you can do right now. So when you're done, there's an opportunity for you to engage through those authentic relationships that you have built. And that's fantastic. And I just thank God for that, man. Hey, tell me how, you know, so here you are navigating some some difficult things, helping other guys navigate. How does faith provide a foundation for you in your life? Well, for me, God was the first thing that every time we are uh, good or bad, it's like, thank God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so for me, it was a no brainer. And what I did was I stepped back and I said, my whole entire life, God, I've been asking you, I've been asking for what I want. Mm. I'm asking for you this, for this one time to place me where you see me. And mm. that's what I felt like I prayed about and I left it there and here I am today. And I don't even know if this is the, the final stop in terms of where I want to go with things, but here's where, this is where I am presently and I'm going to be the best at where I am today. Well, you've been here about three years now, I think. And, and, uh, uh, in player manager, you know, player engagement and uh, relationships with uh, players. But it's so much bigger than that because every player you touch has impact onto an inordinate amount of people. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So that, that man's uh, demeanor, attitude, speech, things he does could impact thousands of young men across the United States. Absolutely. We're, we're role models and we always tell guys, celebrate where less than 1% of the guys who play collegiate football get to go to on a, on a level. So regardless of where you played at in college, if you had an opportunity to touch that professional field, you have reached the pinnacle of sports. We want to celebrate that. We want to highlight you because there's so many people who still want to do that at 45 years old that won't even get a chance to go on the field for just pregame, just to shake a player's hand. So yeah. celebrate that you, you accomplished something that's great. And we want to make sure that you feel included in terms of when we're doing uh, stuff for career development, personal development, continuing ed education or financial education, whatever yeah. it may be. Well, so you prayed over where you are today and and uh, you and your fiance, you guys prayed about here's, you know, what's what's the Lord have for me after football? Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Uh, you really feel God directed your footsteps into where you are today. Absolutely. I couldn't. Uh... I couldn't blame it on anything else. I wouldn't want to. You know, we could say luck, but we know, like I said, we all have an assignment and a calling. And, you know, hopefully uh, you know, I continue to grow from here and don't take a step backwards. But it's all it's all in the hands of God. And I think, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior. <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, you know, the thing is, when you touch people, it's like you don't have to quote a scripture. You are the scripture. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are the living testimony to, the, to what is out there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. And, and so uh, I, I'm thankful, you know, having been around a number of friends over the years and, and of course, hearing some of JD's uh, wild stories from the old days, 
you know, uh, I am so glad the Lord's uh, led men like you and Usama and uh, Troy Vincent and the others who are there in the NFL office in New York. And, and we pray blessings on you, man. Oh, I and Because uh, I know behind the scenes, there's a lot of stresses. There's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of people pushing and pulling from all different directions yep. because yep. of your high visibility. Yep. And uh, so we pray, uh, you know, over you and your fiance and your, and your uh, little daughter. Uh, we pray the peace of God, and we pray that everything you put your hands to will prosper, and every place you put your feet will be holy ground. Yes, sir. And that Thank God you. will keep you deep within the grip of his favor and grace. Thank so i uh, been talking with Darrell Young, my friend, who uh, works there in the NFL office, director and uh, manager of engagement and player relations. And uh, really, uh, Darrell, thank God for you where you're at, for all the young men that you'll have impact over. And as the Lord leads your footsteps, and this thing, getting a master's, man, at Georgetown, that's a big deal, brother. It's, uh, it's something that, you know, we, we preach on uh, as one of our pillars out of the NFL office that we want to push, you know, tuition. Go back to school and uh, get your education because it can assist you. It's not ultimately the, the, the thing that'll put you where you want to go, but it can assist you in the process to uh, get to where you want to go. But uh, there's a lot of stigmas out there that players are uneducated. Well, if anyone can learn a playbook each week, I think you're educating some aspects just if you want to do it. <laughs> so yeah, I've seen, I've seen uh, playbooks and, and uh, goodness. I, you oh, know, it's foreign language. It's foreign language. When I switch from defense to offense, uh, defense is, hey, cover two, break. Yeah, offense, two strong break. right, yeah. left, 300 protection, running back, go this way. But you didn't tell the tight end or the other receiver what to do. And it's like, all right, this is concepts. This is foreign. But you know what? Back to your comment about pressures and stressors. My special teams coach, Danny Smith, and he was one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. He was actually the guy that signed me to the Redskins. Wow. He said, "Why? pressure is asking you to go play quarterback. You've been playing linebacker your entire life. You've been playing uh, special teams your entire life. That's not pressure because you've been in a situation. Pressure is going to ask you to play at a high level at quarterback for something you've never done. So if you've done it, it's not pressure. And uh, when he said that, that stuck with me, that resonated with me. And uh, he's actually one of the coaches that I still lean on today in that space uh, as, a, as an influencer, as a role model, as a mentor, um, and just a great person. Man, I'm telling you, uh, Darrell, that's, that's a huge statement. I, I think that every church in America ought to have a program that develops coaches for soccer and, and football and baseball and every sport there is just because you have such amazing impact on young on young men and women yep. and in our in our world today the thing i just read uh, a couple months ago in usa today was there were all these sports programs closing down because they didn't have enough coaches yeah yep I'm well like, one thing i learned about through my master's programs is the goal of youth sports is character development so that translates into what you, that player is going to be or that person is going to be in some aspect. But every person that I've been around, every coach that I've had, the coaches have been my mentors throughout my life and yeah. not just that one-off instance, whereas some people just pass through your life in different phases of your life, but that coach has still remained with me. Um, that had an immediate impact and spoke life into me and always said, Bobby Turner is the running back coach for the San Francisco 49ers. And he always said, if I have to write you a book, you're not the guy I'm looking for because I want you to words trigger pictures. But that that triggered a picture for me that I had to understand where he was coming from with it, but understand that life isn't going to write you the book or a pathway that you need to get right. to to be successful. So here's the picture of it. Go paint it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. 
Man, there, there are so many great things. I hope uh, with this master's program and everything, you're writing some of these things down, not only, you know, for us, but for the, the young men that come behind you. You know, I'm sure you, you go back to your high school occasionally there in Amityville. And yes, uh, what high school was it? Amityville Memorial High School. Of course not. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, right. Uh, so Amityville Memorial High School, you go back there, you, you know, you, you made it all the way through in that sense. And I have a great impact. So, uh, you know, really thank God for you and doing that stuff. But, man, coaches, amazing impact that, that coaches have on young men uh, across our culture. And with a dad-deprived culture, I think one of the biggest things we can do right now is, is uh, encourage men to become coaches. And anybody yes. listening right now, uh, shoot, I, you know, I played some athletics and sports and stuff growing up and through college, but – you know, I coached Little League Baseball, and a friend of mine and I, we were both busy with our businesses and all that. He took one practice. I took the other, would work it out, did that for a few years, and uh, had a marking point in some of the young men's lives, but it marked my life. Yes, sir. It enlarged yes, sir. my life, man. Yes, sir. So, hey, thanks for being with us on Brave Men, Darrell, and Lord Thank bless you. everything you do, yeah, yeah. brother. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. <laughs> all right. God bless you, man. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. <laughs> thanks, man. You know, there's so many things we can learn from Darrell, you know, especially as athletes. Mm -hmm. This is just a guy that we want to model our life after. You know, like he is the real deal. He's down yeah. to earth. He knows how to knock people down, but he also knows how to share wisdom and mm -hmm. speak from his heart and not be, um, you know, afraid. Well, what he had to learn, and, and he learned this alongside Robert Griffin III, RG3. Yeah. Right. And other people that he played with and the coaches he played for, like we talked about, um, you've got to stay after it. You've yeah. got to get back up. Yeah. Everybody gets knocked down, but it's the stalwart man that gets back up. Yeah. I mean, and, and so that's what you learn in football is you're not going to make every play. You're yeah. not going to be all pro on every play. And uh, so that's that's what I learned from a guy like Darrell. You know, is that stick to itiveness, yeah. and, and we saw that even as we've talked about different curriculum for the NFL that we're working with with the Christians. Yep. Uh, is uh, he stays at it? Yeah. He's focused. Yeah. Just keep working at it. Go after it, and uh, I really appreciate him for that. And and the fact is that this year, you know, we're we're doing this in January. Now yeah. you may may be listening to this in 2028. Yeah. I don't who knows? know. Yeah. But I'm telling you where we're at right now yeah. in 2021 is uh, we're still pushing through the effects of uh, the pandemic. And yeah. when I talk about the effects, Chris, I'm talking about fear, anxiety, stress. I'm talking about people going upside down with their business. I'm yeah. talking about all kinds of stuff happening. I'm talking about people making decisions based on fear, not faith. People making decisions uh, based on power, not yeah. care for others. Yeah. And so, uh, so when you hear a Darrell Young talk, you hear a man who actually cares about others. Yes. Which is why he's in Troy Vincent's office exactly. at the NFL. Exactly. Right? Because that's their job. Yeah. And he's a man that wants to see the change. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why, two things. I love the quote, which I know I say this, but it, it's just something that will always be a part of my life. Champions are not those that never fail. It's those that never quit. Yeah. You know, in Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith, mm -hmm. now faith is yeah. the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So yeah. we have a man that is standing as a champion, pushing on to what's coming next. 
because he has hope in the next generation. He has hope in the now, but he also has hope in the ne next generation. So he's building a foundation for the next generation mm -hmm. to live a better life than he lived. Yeah. And we need more men yeah, that are like committed that. to that. Yeah, there's no question. That's why we do what we do with the exactly. Christmas Network in over 100 nations around the world. And that is to help pastors and leaders uh, and churches disciple men yes. so that dads disciple their children, like, just like Darrell's concerned about. Exactly. Just uh, like why he and uh, Usama and the other guys, why well, they started in, hashtag NFL Dads. Yes. Was in order to, uh, to just throw this out there and say, hey, this is what a real man looks like. Exactly. This is what a dad looks like. Yes. And, because some guys just need an image. Some of yeah. the people are living the way that they live is because they've never seen something better. They've never been taught. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's what discipleship is. Discipleship mm -hmm. is actually teaching here's the right way to do stuff. Exactly. Right? Yep. And so that's why we do what we do. It was great having Darrell Young on uh, Brave Men. And I want to thank you for being with us uh, on the Brave Men podcast. And being with us uh, every single week or every time we have one out, make sure you tell somebody about it. What do they do? With, they go to the... Subscribe. There's a subscribe button somewhere. Yes. and right? then, Well, not somewhere. It's at the top. Okay. You can click subscribe um, and then you share. Mm -hmm. And then you also can um, comment. Okay. Yeah. And you can um, also give us a review. Yeah. But you also can, you know, depending on where you see it, because you might see it at Paul right. Lewis Cole on Instagram, right. feel free to comment. Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, this episode effect, you know, yeah. we will interact with you commenting there yeah. if it's a good comment. Yeah. And then we'll delete it if it's Oh, up. no, dude. If a guy <laughs> lays one out on us, I'll interact with him. We've done that. In love. <laughs> In love or just interact. <laughs> but yeah, just in, in forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, forgive me because I'm about to just lay hands. Lay, just lay hands. But also, depending yeah. on if it comes on Facebook, we mm -hmm. will. You know, feel free to comment. We want yeah, to know absolutely. how this is impacting your life yeah. because that's what allows us to take it to the next level. Yeah. And if you want to get a hold of me, uh, just write to us at paul at cmn.men. That's Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. Paul at cmn.men. Chris and I both get those uh, emails. Write to us if you've got prayer requests yes. or needs. And uh, we'll pray with you over those things. Uh, thanks for being with us today on uh, Brave Men. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Pope's name is Jesus. Jesus. Amen. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men. <laughs>